Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Uh, today, I want to have a, a very simple look at faith, and specifically the evolution of faith. In other words, how is faith supposed to develop and grow? Is it even supposed to do anything like that? If you're new to our podcast, welcome. As far as possible, we will be releasing this podcast every single Tuesday, once a week. And the point of this podcast is for you to grab a cup of coffee or tea or, or hot chocolate, whatever the case is, perhaps on your way to work, dropping the kids off during an exercise session, whatever you are. And let's spend 15, 20 minutes together speaking about something, meditating on scripture, anything that may help us become more like Jesus something that may help us reflect his love, something that may help us become more of the disciple he's calling us to be. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Apple I, uh, uh, Podcast. And um, I want to encourage you, let's journey together, uh, not just today, but in the weeks and months ahead throughout this year. So again, today the topic is faith. And if you've been around church for a while, you will likely have a concept of faith, a notion of faith. And depending on who you listen to, there are a variety of approaches to this single concept of faith. It can be abused, it can be used to manipulate people, but faith is important. We are saved by grace through faith. And, you know, we can define it from Hebrews, we can imagine it as a seed from the Gospels, we, we see it in action with the heroes of the Bible. But today I want to have a look at this whole idea of growing your faith, evolving your faith. How do we develop it? How do we grow it. And so 2 Peter 1 verse 5 to 9 says this, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and with virtue, knowledge and knowledge, self-control, self-control with steadfastness and steadfast, steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities, all of the things he just mentioned, is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Peter here, again, he highlights certain things that he says we need to add to our faith, to develop it, to grow it. And he even goes so far as to say that someone who doesn't do these things, doesn't grow in these areas, is so nearsighted that he's spiritually blind, and that's pretty harsh. So according to Peter, these are the things we need to add to our faith. These are the things that when we attach them to our faith, is going to evolve our faith, grow our faith. The first one is virtue, then knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. Each of these things are like growth points for our faith. And so for the time we have left, I just want to unpack why each are needed for a mature and developed faith. First up, virtue. When Peter says we need virtue with our faith, he is speaking to our morals and ethics. Now, as much as Christianity is not about you having the right moral or ethic, it is going to inform it. It is going to change how we live our lives. Christianity is not about behavior modification, but it is going to change how we live. And so what he's saying is he's saying that faith has to influence what we see as right and wrong, what is good and evil. Our faith in God will be what defines these things for us. The alternative really is that we allow culture to define right and wrong and good and evil. And as we have seen, culture, left to its own devices, tends to allow more and more wrong and evil. Uh, it tends to decrease what's good and right. And even sometimes it attacks that which God would label good and right. So when it comes to your moral compass, where is true north? 
who or what is the thing that you give the authority to define these things, good, bad, right, wrong, evil, whatever the case is. Societal pressure is insane. And we can allow society to determine what is and isn't good, or we can allow the word of God. We can allow the world to determine what is and isn't acceptable, or we can allow our faith that is growing in virtue. Second thing is knowledge. We see Peter encourage us to bring knowledge to our faith. Again, and I've said this so often in so many different contexts, we are not called to a mindless faith. We are called to love God with our hearts, souls, mind, and strength. If we leave our mind at the door when we come to faith, we're only loving God with 75% of who we are. Our ability to think and reason are incredible gifts from God. And as such, Peter says, one way for your faith to develop is to combine it with your knowledge, your thinking, your thought patterns. A warning here though, we are not called to limit our faith by our ability to reason, but to supplement our faith with our intellect. Why do I say that? Well, if we limit our faith with our reason, then we will only ever believe in things we can explain with our limited intellect. And we will no longer be able to navigate mystery, the, the glory of God, which is part of the joy of being alive, if we're honest. If we supplement our faith with knowledge, then we begin to think and reason through the lens of faith. We see the universe and, and atoms through faith, and it leads us to deeper appreciation for the glory of God, rather than diminishing God to our intellectual box. So the point here is to allow faith to shape our thinking, not the other way around. So virtue, knowledge, the third one, Peter says we need to add to our faith self-control. This is the one that for me stands out a little bit, but what this word means is the mastery of self. In other words, self-control means I choose what I think about, what I meditate on, and what I do. Self-control in the context of faith means that my faith calls me to master my thought life and my actions. It calls me to, 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 to control these things from the place of faith, not apart from the faith that I'm subject to. There are certain things in our lives that if we master them, they make great servants. But if they master us, they make terrible masters. These things include things like emotions, appetites, desires. We're not immune to the appetites of the flesh. We are not immune to emotional responses to what happens to us and around us. We are not robots. If we were not given that choice, if we were not given that freedom, we wouldn't be able to love. However, we don't have to be mastered by what we are exposed to. In other words, we do not have to be mastered by that appetite. We do not have to be mastered by that response. We do not have to give in to what we crave for. Faith becomes the determining factor with how we engage with these things. Then Peter says part of developing and growing our faith is the ability to be steadfast steadfastness he speaks about. In other words, the ability to persevere. It's interesting that this word means, that the word that he uses here for steadfastness means waiting with purpose. Faith needs to develop the muscles of patience and perseverance. We are going to go through stuff that no one wants to go through. I can guarantee you this. Jesus promised it, that in this world we will face trouble. I promise you, this year and in the years ahead, whatever the case is, we are going to face stuff that we do not want to go through. We will face rough times and struggles. We will face wilderness periods where things seem to take an age. And it's in these moments, in the places where we don't want to be, where faith strengthened with perseverance helps us to keep going, helps us to put one foot in front of the other. There are so many people 
who don't allow their faith to develop a strong weight. We believe incorrectly that faith is the same as like Amazon Prime, immediate results. And yet sometimes through his grace and goodness, God goes slowly. He goes the long way around. He gives us the, the blessing of the weight. He allows Paul to, to sit in Caesarea in prison for two years because he knew that the Paul that he needed in Rome needed to go through a season of pausing. Sometimes the steadfastness is important. The patience, the perseverance is important. Even the promised land God gave to the Israelites bit by bit because they couldn't receive it all at once. They weren't ready. Sometimes slow is the best blessing that God can give us. So faith needs the muscles of patience and perseverance to be a faith that lasts. Then before Peter nails two very important things at the end, he writes that we need godliness. This word, another, another way of understanding this word is devotion or piety. And it means the reverent devotion to God. You would think that this is a no-brainer, right, when it comes to faith, that, that one might not even need to mention it. However, Peter lists it along with the other muscles we need to build. Why? Well, sometimes our faith and our worship can experience a disconnection. Sometimes when we go through rough times, we can still have faith in God, but we restrict our worship and devotion to God. When we feel that heaven is silent, when we feel like our prayers aren't being answered, sometimes we can withhold our worship. And this might be because we don't understand who he is, or we don't understand why something would happen the way it has, or we blame him for something that happened. So while we might still technically believe in him, we don't quite worship him because of offense or doubt or whatever the case may be. Peter says, we need to make sure our faith and our worship don't experience a divine divorce. And we must always have a faith that inspires worship regardless of what we are currently experiencing. Our worship should never be determined by what we're going through, but rather who we are journeying with. The final two in the list I want to address as a pair, brotherly affection and love. And you'll see why in a minute. When Peter says brotherly affection, he uses the word that is connected um, with friendship. It's the phileo kind of love. And then he adds to phileo love, agape love, which is the most intimate kind of love that was exemplified in Jesus. So Peter says, to our faith, we need to add both kinds of affection, phileo love and agape love. We need to add the kind of love we have with our friends and the kind of love we receive from God. Faith without love, both for friends and from God, is lifeless. Jesus said it beautifully. They will know you are my disciples by how you love. And those who know they are loved can love even better. We need faith to be attached to both kinds of love. Um, we will Both love we will experience, receive, give. Love without faith creates idols and faith without love creates burdens. I want to say that again because I think it's very important for some of us. Love without faith creates idols. And faith without love simply creates a burden. And this is where this gets fascinating because these are the same words Jesus uses when he asks Peter if he loves Jesus after he had denied him three times. Jesus knows at that point Peter is only able to love God from a place of phileo love. Agape love was beyond Peter at that point. However, here, probably from experience, he calls us to bring both kinds of love into contact with our faith. And so today, all of those things, right? Um, how are we doing? How is our faith growing? Is it growing or is it the same faith we had five years ago? Is it the same faith we had when we first came to Jesus? And, and technically, we're the same 
we have the same faith as we did then. It hasn't grown at all. Let me finish with this. How is your faith doing? Is your faith a side issue that you hope no one brings up? Or is your faith the thing that brings definition to right, wrong, reason, appetites, emotions, worship, patience, and love? Is your faith the thing that other things are attached to? Or are you trying to live a life with different silos? Are you trying to have a Sunday kind of faith, but then a Monday kind of endurance? Are you trying to live a Sunday kind of faith, but then have a Friday appetite? What is it that you're separating? Um, what is it that you're separating from your faith? And perhaps God is calling you to attach your faith to these things so that they are not separate, but one and the same thing, all parts of a single grand picture. Well, I hope this has encouraged you today, and I want to encourage you, meditate on these things this week. Meditate on virtue, meditate on knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection and love. Meditate on these things and ask yourself the question, have I allowed these things to be attached to my faith? Is my faith growing, or am I still at the same place I was a year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago in my faith? God bless you. Have an amazing week, and we will see you same time, same place for Coffee with Jesus next week. God bless everybody.